This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going? I'm very good, Bryce. Very excited for this episode. Uh, We've had our guest on uh, previously. I think it's one of our uh, highest performing episodes of all time. he, he has some views and he's not afraid to share them. And we love that here at Equity Mates. Um, we don't want people sitting on the fence. Uh, and I don't expect a lot of fence sitting in this interview. No, you're right. It is our most downloaded episode of all time. It is our pleasure to welcome Marcus Padley to the show. Marcus, welcome. Hello, champs. <laughs> For those who haven't come across Marcus before, he is the founder of Marcus Today, which is a daily stock market newsletter and runs an $80 million fund uh, here in Australia, focusing on the Australian equities. We've previously had Marcus on the podcast and his episode, No Bullshit Investing, as I said, is one of our most popular. So please don't do go and listen to that. I think it was just as COVID was setting in that we were chatting to Marcus. So uh, it was an incredible interview, um, but we've got him back on the show now for part two of uh, No Bullshit Investing <laughs> to help us unpack the current market conditions. So uh, let's get stuck in, Marcus. Uh, uh, Bryce, Ren, uh, now I'm, I'm going to do you a favour straight up. Um, I'm going to I'm going to double your business for you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> With two words. You ready? Yes. Crypto mates. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that. It's funny yeah, you say yeah, that. Yeah. There, uh, might, there might be something uh, in the long pipeline. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but uh, I, I listened to one of your podcasts recently about asset classes. You were looking at various asset classes. And I realized that uh, in your uh, name, you just have one asset class. And you've, you've uh, whereas your brand is probably mates rather than equity. So you could be equity mates. Yeah, I, I mean, can double it again. Property mates. Property you know mates. What I mean? Commodity yeah, mates. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you've Lumber set yourself mates. in one asset class, so you need something more generic. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. You go. Like like, uh, when, you, when you launch Marcus Mates with me, um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll go halves. Nice, you know. nice. That, well, that we, would work really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, we could say the same back to you. You could do crypto today, property today. Any, you could do anything today. 
Uh, I was on the ABC the other day just kicking myself that I had not started crypto today because I was over 30. What an idiot. <laughs> you know, I, I could have – I've got thousands of subscribers, but I could – I reckon I'd have 100,000 subscribers paying 50 bucks. That's 500 grand. 100 bucks. It's a million dollars. No, we, we, we could have done that. And uh, I think we would have known as much about it as anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, we are equity mates and we do want to focus on the equity markets, at least okay. for now. Um, so we'll we'll kick it off with a bit of a game that we like to play, overrated or underrated. We'll throw out some indexes and some key topics and get your thoughts on whether they're overrated or underrated. Uh, we'll start with some um, indexes and we'll start at home. Uh, the ASX 200, overrated or underrated? Uh, it is underrated until it's overrated. <laughs> Easy. No, because uh, if you're trying to say is it overboard, oversold, that sort of thing, then um, uh, you know nobody knows when that turning point is, and it goes through phases. It's not one or the other. It's a, it's a, you know, it's just a straight normal index. I guess the same answer will apply to the Nasdaq 100 then. Uh, yes, although I do wish I'd been an American because then Marcus today would have probably 30 times the number of subscribers uh, and the stocks are certainly have, have more growth opportunities and more interesting over there than over here. Mm, the stocks are certainly sexier over there. No offense to uh, Australian companies, um, but you know, as Australian investors, it's now never been easier to invest overseas, which is great for us. Yeah. And it, get, it gets easier every day. I remember when I first started stockbroking in 1982, we used to have a partner who would ring the US and then come into the meeting and tell us what the guy in the US had said. And he'd say something like, the Dow Jones was up four points. That was as much value as you got. So yeah, right. you know, it amazes me we haven't been able to, to uh, do it sooner. Anyway, it's getting easier. Yeah. So uh, speaking of, uh, I guess, new asset classes, um, you know, crypto mates, all of that, um, one thing that we've seen in 2021 is NFTs are uh, overrated or underrated non-fungible tokens. I think it's uh, getting a more pointy end of something that's really interesting, which is blockchain. And uh, if you if you gather what a currency is, it used to so a British pound, you could take a, a note of paper to the Bank of England, they give you a little piece of gold. So it's a promise. That's all a, a note is. That's all a currency is. What currency does something have if you give it to someone else? So a, a non-fungible token, if everybody wants to believe that these have integrity, it will have integrity. Uh, it's a little bit like a piece of paper I've got from one of my daughters, which says, um, uh, given to me on my birthday, it says free hugs for life <laughs> on a little piece of paper. Now that has currency for me um, because uh, I know she'll deliver on that. It doesn't have currency for a boyfriend because it, he, he's sort of nice one day and not the next. So, so but, but for me, I know dad will get hugged. So it's a, all a question of whether people believe the other side of the deal. Uh, clearly, some people are uh, in it. However, I do think this whole uh, assets that don't earn anything, um, be that gold, Bitcoin, uh, cryptocurrency, non-fungible to tokens, whatever you want, uh, are a, a racing now because of the amount of money around, not because they really have any excitement or integrity. You're ba you know, if you sell a baseball car for, what, what is it, 6.8 million or something, yeah. um, you, you just need uh, someone more, more deluded on the other side <laughs> of the deal, don't you? you know? And there are a lot of deluded people because they've got money. So, Marcus, overrated or underrated full-service brokers? 
um, underrated, highly underrated, uh, especially for retirees who really don't want to do their own admin. Uh, the full service brokers uh, obviously got undercut by online uh, broking because uh, of the cost. People could deal on their own. But once you get to know a full service broker, they will do things for you that you you couldn't possibly imagine admin ideas, access to IPOs, um, and they will get under your skin and into your head the same way, like no one else could financially for you. Uh, I think they're highly underrated, but um, most people wouldn't uh, want to pay for them. That's fine because the broke these days brokers don't want clients. They, they, they've got enough clients. Uh, the last thing they want is lots of little clients. They just want a few big clients that probably end up friends for life and uh, they provide them a fabulous service. Yeah, I think I think the you know, we we have definitely taken a strong position here at Equity Mates that full service brokers are overrated for the majority of retail investors and I think you know, for for us we're thinking about people with $5,000 to invest, $10,000 to invest early in their investing journey. I guess for for people with not a lot of capital would you still think full service brokers are underrated? You won't. You won't go to full service broker that talks to you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because you, have, you haven't got any, you haven't got enough money. It's just pointless. Yeah. You know, uh, if you take broking for a small order, you're you as a broker, you spend twenty minutes of your time because it takes just as long to persuade rich people as a poor as poor people. You spend twenty minutes of your time persuading someone to do an order that pays you a hundred dollar commission, of which you only get forty five dollars. Then you get taxed at thirty percent. So for about thirty bucks, you're getting seven years of liability. It's, it's just pointless. Um, so uh, brokers, uh, brokers are a, a hidden uh, gem uh, that only some people understand and uh, uh, make use of properly. So then to close it out, uh, overrated or underrated CFDs? Uh, CFDs, um, highly overrated. You have to be really careful what you say about them. The companies that uh, issue them are, uh, very wealthy and very legalistic. Uh, I think they are, um, uh, ooh, as I say, I have to be careful. I've had letters. <laughs> um, uh, you really need to understand what you're doing, um, but they present as they present as being providing a service when some of them are actually like a bookie. They're taking the other side of your bet and working against you. It's, and the reason everything moved from, remember, we used to do CFDs over BHP 15 years ago. Uh, nobody bothers with that anymore, but they bother with Forex. And why do they bother with Forex? Because Forex ticks 24 hours a day, every second. BHP ticks once a minute uh, for, for how many hours a day, uh, six hours a day, or however long the market's open. Um uh, it's well understood that you will uh, – a lot of CFD accounts are like a TAB account. Put 10 grand until you've burnt it. You burn it a lot quicker on Forex than you burn it on BHP. So now Forex is the focus. So all this dealing in Forex is, is not clever. Um, it is just a better way for providers of the platforms where they take the other side, not all of them do, uh, to wipe your uh, account off you. There you go. Yeah, so I think um, you know to your point around uh, you got to be careful about what you say about CFDs. I think we can say this because CMC Markets published this on their website: seventy-three percent of retail investors lose money 
when trading CFDs. Right. Well, good good on CMC because uh, people need to know that it's a almost not not a professional. Professionals are wrong word. It's a pathetic word. Uh, it's a um, uh, a quite sophisticated little mechanism, and you need to understand the leverage because you you can. And people have been caught. I've got examples which I'm not allowed to publish of people who've been caught thinking CFDs were like a broking account where they're putting money into a super fund and they weren't they were just putting it into someone else's bank account and then being wiped away so marcus we will um we will now jump into the meat of the interview if you haven't uh, and this is for our listeners if you haven't listened or come across marcus before uh, head across to uh the episode we did with him uh, at the early stages of 2020 just to get a bit of a view on uh, marcus's background and investing philosophy because we're going to just uh continue ripping in there's too many important pieces of uh, information that we want to discuss. So let's talk about COVID and what has happened since, Marcus, because the last time we did chat with you, it was when COVID was really uh, at its depths. So you're able to take us into the room in February and March of 2020. What was your investment committee meeting like at the time and sort of what were some of the decisions that you were making? Well, we had – we were – uh, fearful of a correction, but we, and there, there are things we've learned, uh, but we had cashed out in what we now in February and the pandemic had been not pandemic, but COVID had been around and everyone was ignoring it. And we had, we had cashed out, I think in December, the year before hundred percent at the time we had $30 million in our fund and we'd cashed the whole thing out. And the move, although the market kept going up, the move was extremely popular with our, uh, investors, because there are various reasons at the time, mostly things like trade talks. We just thought that the, the, the world could potentially blow up with one tweet from Trump. And the, the market had got quite pricey. And uh, we were waiting for something to go wrong. And the trade talks went wrong. So we'd cashed out as it was. The trade talks t- turned into a love fest. Can you believe it? A week later, he <laughs> tweets love fest. For God's sake. Well, you know, what is it? Is it a disaster? Is it a love fest? And the market kept going up, so we got fully invested again. So we were prepared to cash out, and there were very few funds that do that, and we see that as part of our value add that other funds can't do. So we were looking for uh, that setup to go wrong again. And uh, in February, when you see um, the market drop very sharply, and there were various other uh, little indicators that had gone wrong, volatility had gone, the currency had, had had a major pivot point. There were some significant changes. And from the levels that we'd got to, uh, we uh, decided to cash out again. And as it was, and, you know, there, there's, let me just tell you, there's a little bit of luck involved in this game. <laughs> um, uh, and it's not all scientific and you have to uh, place your bets and, and uh, take what comes. But what I think we've learned and people don't realize, except our investors realize, is cashing out is not a risky thing to do because all you're doing is missing out on the possibility of uh, making money. And uh, it's 100% safe. You can sleep at night and you go, you go in one moment, you go from wishing the market went up and being really fearful about it falling over to hoping it falls over. <laughs> and so we, was, we were, um, it wasn't a big decision to cash out. 
because the fear of uh, not making money is is far more palatable than the uh, fear of losing money. And we knew that we would put people into a completely safe spot. And and so the big the decision wasn't big, but it did take a team to do it. I couldn't you can't do that sort of thing on your own. Um, and I remember reading. Uh, saying let's do it <laughs> it was sort of a, we aren't going to do this until we got a consensus and uh and so we cashed out and and this we're no we're not geniuses guys um but if uh if i have uh, if i have something written on my gravestone it'll be timed the pandemic perfectly (laughs) (laughs) but it might also have written on it completely screwed up the bull market in 2022 you know so so uh but we cashed out because uh this is a big thing for fund managers because they're they're so paranoid about tiny little underperformances um uh, but for us it didn't feel like a big thing it felt like let's just occasionally you do it yourself just get out Mm -hmm. and uh so we just got out and then um, uh, to add to double our brilliance, um, on March the 24th, uh, we saw all those indicators turn around the other way. We knew there would be a big bottom. The market had moved it, the ASX 200 had moved in an 18% range in a week. And we realized that this is the volatile, that this is the bottoming moment. And, uh, again, I remember Henry saying, let's just do it. And we got back in. Um, uh, so so uh, it really wasn't that big a deal at the time, but uh, we've learned an enormous amount about uh, how to add value as a fund manager. And one of them is uh, through manipulation of the, the uh, cash versus equities. We only have two assets, cash versus equities. Um, so you can't really talk about asset allocation, but it's effectively asset allocation and how we fight for high, a percent a day or, or, or not um, in a bull market it's very very hard to chase the market um, to beat the market it's 100 an index is 100% invested that's super aggressive for a fund manager mm, mm. but you've got to match this 100% uh, invested uh, index and it's very hard but on the way down if you've got the ability to go cash it's very easy to gain outperformance. So this is now part of our offering is this idea that we will, uh, well, we are very sensitive and experienced at getting you out in the bad times and saving you years. We, you know, we people fight for half a percent outperformance in a year. We, we got 20% outperformance in 23 days. Mm. Uh, that's that's um, So in a bull market, we're chasing the market. We're doing the best we can uh, without taking too much risk. You can't beat an index um, that's compounding without going hard on risky stuff. Uh, so our game now is stick with the index and when the precipitous moment comes, add value. And that's, that's what we're trying to do. So Marcus, you nailed the timing in uh, 2020. Um, we're now in the middle of a pretty incredible um, one-year run from the depths of uh, the COVID lows. Uh, we want to we draw on your wisdom and see if you can nail the timing a second time. How, how long do you think this bull run is going to continue? Okay, and that and that is where everybody goes wrong. 
you're asking me to predict the timing of the market. You're um, a genius, Marcus. <laughs> oh, no, I am. I'm a, I'm a genius after the fact. So um, I, uh, our game is you can't, you can't predict, you have to react. Okay, nobody can time when the market's going to fall over, when the herd has a change of mood. I can spot, everyone can spot, uh, when the market's exuberant, when it's overbought, the mere fact that we're talking about non-fungible tokens and baseball <laughs> cards suggests to me, yeah, we're in a position where we could easily have a correction of some sort. But even from here, I don't think it would be a big one. We're still, what, 3% below where we were at the top of the pandemic type of thing. If you were to, if you were to uh, take the pandemic out, we're on trend. We're not hugely overbought. Um, and uh, you can look back and and say you can actually say if i do the chart here we're 59.59% up from the very bottom you know if you'd left it a week later we're actually only up 38% from the bottom and if you'd left it a week later there you go we're up 31% um you know we're not it's not an extraordinary year it's uh, a recovery from a pandemic um so if you were to take the pandemic out of it i don't think we're at extraordinary levels um, but we are always aware of uh, not the fear. You don't want to fear a correction. Just wait for it to happen. We are looking for the opportunity uh, of a correction. You get a 30 to 50% correction once every 10 years. You get a tradable 10 to 15%, 20% correction once every three years. Uh, we might find the excuse for a correction. Uh, I had someone send me a clips from a couple of economists articles today saying, what do you think about this scary stuff, scary stuff? I can tell you until you know the moment the market falls over, you'll have 50 really good reasons to sell because everyone will make them up in hindsight. Um, but ahead of the time, uh, it's pointless to worry about it. Keep working on your golf handicaps. At some point, at some point, uh, the stock market will knock Collingwood off the front of the um, Collingwood Times uh, for for a good reason because it's going down, and um, and that'll be a day to over your coffee on a Saturday start thinking about maybe we should subscribe to Marcus today and see whether it's time to sell. How how is your golf handicap going? I've got a bit of a joke with a mate of mine. Uh, I play with, uh, and it is, um, you can only wear a white belt if you're in single figures. So I'm, <laughs> oh, we, we actually say the same thing. Do we? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm on the cusp. I'm on the cusp of white belt. Luckily, it's a reversible one. White belt, white pants, yeah. If you're rocking that yeah. and you're above 10, then uh, you need to yeah, have a hard look at yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, guys, if you're going out in white pants, you, you're, there's something missing, like a mirror, maybe. <laughs> so... Um, has this year and a half challenged any commonly accepted market wisdom? And is there anything that the markets accepts at the moment that you think is just simply not true? Um, yes, I would say that what we have really learned, you only get moments in your life where, where uh, things happen and it can be a, not necessarily structured or contrived or worked towards, but it happens and you learn. And what we have learned over the last year is despite our uh, brilliance, um, it, it's very hard with 100, we're 100 million, not 80, by the way. It's very hard with $100 million as a fund manager 
it's tiny in industry standards, but it's very hard as a fund manager to outperform a compounding index, which wouldn't really matter except for the fact that you can actually have a, a compounding index in ETFs these days. And we, we have worked out that uh, the, for the level of risk, you see, we, every fund manager takes less risk than the market. As I say, the, the index is 100% cash, uh, not cash, 100% invested at all times. Very hard to be in a bull market. And we have learned that you can, uh, um, or we could, buy an ETF, get rid of all the stress of stock picking, and just time our precipitous moments correctly, and we should be able to add a lot of value as a fund manager. So I think what we've what we've learned is that it's the corrections are the most fabulous bits of the market. Might sound a stupid thing to say, <laughs> uh, not and not to be feared. Uh, they're to be exploited, and we've learned to watch the herd, not join the herd. And any Marcus today member will have heard that hundred times. We are watching the herd and the herd can get out of control uh, irrationally exuberant and it often does prior to 87 the market was up over 100 percent in a year we might do that again uh, but you don't duck out but from reading some economist's article you don't uh, listen to the finger waggers you just you enjoy the irrational exuberance until it ends mm. so we're just waiting we're just waiting for it to end but chickens don't make money you can't be a chicken uh, the, the, the game is here to be played. Uh, if you are wanting to be a chicken, you should be doing something else. Uh, the equity market's a game. Don't take yourself too seriously. It's also fun. <laughs> and if you can just see it as a bit of a game, take your wins as uh, cheeky wins. You know, well done me. Um, I was a bit lucky there uh, because it's, there's not a science behind um, herd mentality. Yeah, yeah. Now, Marcus, uh, talking about having a bit of fun, we do have another quick game that we want to play with you to get your no bullshit take on some other asset classes. But before we do, uh, we do need to take a quick break just to hear from our sponsors. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, Marcus, as I mentioned there, we, we have another game here that we want to play with you. Um, we recently did an episode on the podcast where we uh, spoke about how everything um, was either at all-time highs or close to all-time highs from Bitcoin to baseball cards, property to Picassos. Everything seems to be running at the moment. 
We want to get your take on some of these asset classes. So what we want to do is we want to throw out an asset class and uh, and get your quick fire take on them. Um, are you up for playing? Uh, absolutely. Is this on whether they're expensive or cheap, or whether they're um, got integrity or not? Whether they're whether they've got integrity as an investable asset, I think. So we'll start with the uh, the hottest asset of twenty twenty one: Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. What's your take? Uh, it is overrated because I'm over thirty, but <laughs> just understand that there becomes some things become self. Uh, not self-fulfilling is the wrong word. Um, uh, the, the institutions are getting involved. I don't know whether you saw, but there's uh, some of the Melbourne establishment are, uh, are getting started in a billion-dollar crypto fund. It's like a stock going from the ASX 200 uh, into the ASX 200 from outside. The institutions have to get interested. If they start a billion-dollar fund, they'll do a billion dollars worth of activity in cryptocurrencies. It's it's at a moment where it's getting legitimacy, uh, but it's it's just as I say, um, uh, the herd the herd will change its mood at some point. Watch out for that. But um, it's I just think it's interesting that the, the, the this crowd is so exploitable, so not reading the small print, so desperate to get access to a, a, a fast moving price that even the big big end of town is is trying to exploit them now, and and it, it will help. Uh, Bitcoin. So what about baseball cards, Marcus? Where do you stand on that? Uh, the um, All you've got to do is find someone more deluded than you. <laughs> yeah. um, no, but it's like anything that moves. It's also a, you know, like your podcast the other day about you know what asset classes were, why they're all at highs. Um, it's the, the weight of money around at the moment. Yeah. Everything's, everything's uh, born from confidence. Uh, everyone's very confident. Uh, the the um, people who are paying $6 million for a baseball card will look like absolute idiots sometime in the future and then absolute heroes if you leave it long enough. So, uh, But I'm not going to work all day and uh, put my money on the hope of finding someone more deluded than me. So, Marcus, one asset that hit an all-time high in 2020 and then um, has softened a little bit, um, some argue because of the influence of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, um, has been gold. How do you think about gold as an investable asset at the moment? Uh, it's another representation of herd, uh, herd thinking. Um, gold, all the gold in the world is 20.4 metres by 20.4 metres by 20.4 metres. It's a cube, all the gold ever dug up. It grows by 2% per annum, shrinks by 2% through uh, usage per annum. So it just sits there, this inert lump of metal, and everyone runs around and says, oh, I know you're worth this now. No, you're, now you're worth this. Oh, now you're worth that. Meanwhile, the piece of inert metal is going, why is everybody so excited about <laughs> us? Because we're not doing anything, and they aren't. And I think for an investment, uh, it needs to be earning something. You know, the, the uh, CEO of Afterpay is doing things <laughs> Uh, the CEO of gold is doing zero. Um, so it's just a question of herd delusion, in which case, not herd delusion, herd thinking, uh, in which case um, gold is a buy uh, uh, when the, um, it does well when the w world goes to hell. So wait for the world to go to hell. And no, no doubt um, when the vaccine news came along, gold peaked. We sold all our gold stocks the moment the vaccine news came along. Uh, because the herd was now going to go, now we've got to play somewhere more exciting. So um, gold's fine. Uh, I would never 
I'd never bother uh, investing in it. Um, I'm, I'm not, I don't have faith in the herd doing what I want until I want to sell it. And then what about bonds, Marcus? Um, bonds are uh, the most boring thing you could possibly invest in. <laughs> I don't know, in the world. price seems pretty boring. <laughs> um, you know, why would you? Uh, it's it's just, um, uh, just look at a, a 30, 40-year chart of um, the uh, bond yield, 10-year bond yield, and you'll realize we've got to a, a point now where our mentally bond prices are going up. Uh, we're, we're getting to a point now where, where as an investment, it's returning so little that you really have to look elsewhere. And that's probably why the equity market's doing so well. And then uh, final one in this game of non-equities asset classes, um, Australian residential property uh, is having a moment. I mean, residential property around the world is having a moment. Um, how are you thinking about Australian residential property? Uh, it's the source of all financial mental comfort for almost everybody. People wouldn't be buying um, baseball cards if property market was going badly. Uh, it's obviously having a uh, moment now. It's not something to be fearful of. And if if at some point the property market was to uh, uh, fall over, you'll find there are other issues around you need to be worrying about. If the, if the property market fell over, you're probably out of a job. The economy's stuffed. Interest rates are, are negative. <laughs> uh, so you wouldn't, no need to worry about your mortgage. You know, there are, there are, everything goes uh, moves together. And I think it's a, it's good, good a, a core investment as any Australian could um, have. Mm. So, Marcus, if, you, if we move back to equities, um, where are you looking or seeing opportunities at the moment? I think the last time we spoke, or I was listening to you not too long ago and you were talking about the recovery stocks. That was back when uh, I think we were very close to having vaccine rollout here in Australia and the US. Um, where are you currently focusing attention now, particularly with this, all this money around and I guess no reason for it to stop? Um, yeah, what, what's your view uh, the biggest opportunity we are almost hoping for is a tradable correction. Uh, yeah, that's, right. That's where our outperformance is going to come from. Otherwise, I think the uh, strong theme at the moment is COVID is over. Uh, people don't believe it's over. We're obviously getting vaccinated at the moment, and the ABC is still showing pictures of hotels in quarantine and how people are escaping India and trying to come to Australia. It, it, it's old, old news. COVID is over unless, of course, it blows up again. But COVID's over. Start moving on those themes. So I think the recovery theme is still good, uh, and you'll find travel stocks and not just travel stocks, uh, um, but recovery sectors, which is things like energy stocks, are probably quite solid investments now. Um, although uh, I have to um, qualify that by saying, have you seen what's happened to Kogan, Redbubble, uh, Temple and Webster recently, you know, they've all fallen over because there's a peak earnings situation happening in the COVID beneficiaries. So you probably need to be moving on from them and looking to the recovery sectors. I think Qantas will, will be having a board meeting in five years' time and they'll go, you know, the best thing ever happened to us was that pandemic. Absolutely destroyed our competition and uh, bumped prices up for us and all that sort of stuff. Mm, mm. So recovery, recovery stocks probably, and uh, as I say, always hoping for a correction so we can do something about it and create some outperformance.
So, Marcus, one one question that we've uh, really enjoyed asking experts lately is for a couple of stocks, specific stocks on their watch list. Um, you know, it, fe- it feels like everyone in the Equity Mates community loves to hear what the experts are researching. Um, so, are you able to share a couple of stocks, uh, that, not necessarily ones that you're buying or holding at the moment, but just some that you're watching and researching um, maybe in that travel theme or in that recovery theme or just more generally what you're looking at at the moment? Um, uh, yeah, I've got a, a couple. Disclaimer, I hold them. Um, uh, one of them is Betmaker, BET. We've uh, put that in our fund in a tiny size. We can't buy too many of them. We'll blow it up. But uh, if there is, there is a boom going on in online betting, some industries are you know, just boom. And this is happening in the U.S., legislation changes which allow states to dictate whether they're going to allow online betting. And certain states are taking it up. You've probably seen Shaquille O'Neal and mm. Mark Wahlberg on our TVs recently. Uh, there's there's a, a boom going on and bet makers provide what can white label uh, betting platforms for people. Um, and that's, that's going very well. Another one is... Uh, uh, stock which is run by uh, guys from Nanasonics, which was very successful, called EM Vision. They've got a well, Henry calls it the helmet or something. Um, but when you have a stroke, there are two very different types of stroke, and the treatments are diametrically opposed. And by the time you get to hospital, it's often too late, by which time you're paralyzed down one side of your body permanently. So this is a literally a brain scanner that goes in uh, um, ambulances and determines very quickly which one you've got and, and therefore uh, you can treat it much more quickly. Uh, so that it could be one day global. They don't make any money at the moment, of course. Uh, they're getting um, grants of all sorts to develop it. It is well-developed, uh, good management. So EMV is that code. Um, otherwise, uh, this this might sound a silly thing, but if you look at the sales numbers from uh, Afterpay and uh, Zip Money over the last quarter, this sector is still clearly in its. I wouldn't say it's in its infancy, but the replacement of credit cards with buy now, pay later continues apace. And at some point, these companies will allow themselves to become profitable. Um, and uh, so we're still we're still taking the bet on buy now, pay later. I think uh, a lot of people in our audience would love to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, uh, every, it's all right listening to someone like me and someone will send me an email going, I listened to your equity mates podcast last year and, you know, the buy now, pay later fell over and you're an idiot. Um, <laughs> uh, it is a very herdy thing. Um, we will be out and in a hundred times before you send us that email. So we, we, we could change that view today. Yeah. So before we get into uh, some of our final questions, we will just take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. 
Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, Marcus, uh, we generally finish with the same three questions, but for this interview, we are changing them up somewhat because before uh, the interview, you sent us a few dot points that you wanted to discuss and we couldn't help but put them in. Well, also, we've asked you the standard final three questions in our last interview. True. So, (laughs) if people want to hear your responses to those, they can go and listen to the other interview. But, yeah, as Bryce said, we... uh, you had some questions uh, that we wanted to fit in there. Um, first one is, uh, is there a holy grail of investing? Uh, yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Are you able to share what it is? It is understand there's a lot of luck. Don't take yourself too seriously. Try and have fun with it. There you go. I like it. I like it. <laughs> because there, there really is no holy grail and, and I'm in a space where people in my space are trying to pretend they've got it. <laughs> yeah, Here's our yeah, 10, yeah. DV, 10 DVDs. No one's got it. Hmm. No one has got it because it changes. What you need to be doing every day changes. Uh, not necessarily the same system will work. The, the people who think they've, they've nailed it are uh, people like value investors who can use Warren Buffett to sell their products. Mm. By the way, out of all the keywords in the world, the, the top 10 are Buffett, Warren, Buffett, 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 Warren, 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 Buffett. So uh, he's used as marketing material. A lot of value investors, therefore, think they've got the holy grail. They haven't. All I would say to you is don't take this game too seriously. Uh, there is a lot of bullshit in your own words. Uh, there's a lot of bullshit. And um, if you can just stay stay uh, above it all, um, try and have some fun with it and uh, don't take it all too seriously. So don't invest too much. Don't put too much on the line. Uh, you'll, you'll, have a, you'll have a nice time uh, investing. That, that point about things constantly changing, I think, is so important and is often lost on people. You know, things that worked at one point don't won't necessarily work in the future. We looked at um, David Einhorn recently, who for about a decade 
was one of the better hedge fund managers in the world. I think he averaged 26% a year for a decade. Uh, and then since then, he has suffered about a decade and a half of serious underperformance, had most of the money pulled out of his fund. And it just shows that, you know, you can be on top and your system can work for a while, but that doesn't mean it's going to keep working. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, the system will work until it doesn't work and then think about it. You know, if the guy's still doing the same thing two decades later that isn't working, then he's not that smart a bloke anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, but that's just it. But the, the game is timing. And the idea that you can't time the market is just ridiculous cop-out by every financial advisor and uh, that uses that line because it basically means I want to sell you a product and I don't want you to ring me again uh, because we can't time the market. We're long-term. So I've sold you a long-term fund. I'll keep taking the fees till you uh, uh, sell it, but don't sell it because there's no point timing the market. You've got to time the market. Mm. Time frames, time for your, you choose your time frame. Not everyone's time frame is 20, 30 years. My time frame is make as much money as I can in whatever time frame allows me to do it. And if that's still the next correction, it could could be tomorrow. Then I'll do something different. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, Marcus, this is a question we've been trialing with all of our guests, uh, in 2021, uh, in 60 seconds or less, what's the best company you've ever come across? Um, uh, yeah, uh, this is, this is not a lie. Uh, but I fluke this. It's, it's probably Marcus today. I have, I started writing emails, uh, to clients with stock tips. And before I know where I am, I'm a fund manager and uh, have a, a subscription newsletter. Both of those businesses are scalable. And that's really astonishes me that I have ended up with um, a scalable business. At some point, there'll be new brand names in finance. Uh, it could be Equity Mates, could be Marcus today. But we're in a position, you're in a position as well where you're scalable, I'm scalable. And uh, as long as we protect the integrity of our brands, uh, we could be um, much. We could be tomorrow's AMP, which oh, don't want to be that. I love that. that. I don't know about that association. <laughs> but, but, uh, if you imagine the traction that AMP had in this country, uh, and uh, we we could someone's going to take place, take take their place, and that could be us if we manage ourselves. Properly. There you go. We've had a number of answers to that question. We've had, you know, realestate.com. We've had Macquarie Bank. We've had Apple. No one has ever said equity mates. So, uh, I appreciate yeah. the, uh, the plug and uh, no one has also ever said their own business. So, you're breaking a lot of new ground here, uh, which I uh, like, Marcus. Well, I'll, give you, I'll give you one more now you've mentioned them. But uh, if you would ask me the best stock in the whole market, how many employees has Macquarie got? 14,000 of Australia's smartest people with one game in mind make money. Yeah. I, think that's pretty, <laughs> I think that's a pretty good investment, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They've got results uh, this week, and they on Friday. And uh, if Goldman Sachs' results are anything to go by, investment banks have absolutely kicked it out of the park in the last 12 months. Mm. Yeah. And then, Marcus, last question uh, – what what is one piece of wisdom that you would pass on to your Marcus Today members on your deathbed? And this is fairly easy. After sixty years, it doesn't get any easier. <laughs> Do you want to elaborate on that? No, we we actually asked this question in the newsletter, and that was one of the better answers. <laughs> the, uh, the the other uh, answer I liked was um, don't get divorced. Uh, that was unless you want a fifty percent drawdown. Um, 
no, I I used to. This is probably a, a reasonable way to finish. But uh, I uh, sat on a charity, not a charity, a board called Foundation Fifty, which was to raise the awareness of uh, colonoscopies for over fifty-year-old men. And I uh, sat at lunch with a psychologist who did nothing but uh, consult with terminal men. And uh, this guy said that the one thing that everybody said was that they wish they'd spent more time with family. And uh, this guy now worked, even though he was only 35 or so, he worked only three days a week because he saw the value in time doing what he wanted with who he wanted to do it rather than in earning money. So I think that would be possibly on my death, it's certainly be on his deathbed, is um, time with family is more important than uh, making money. Love that. Great way to finish uh, the interview, Marcus. And as always, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you and getting your thoughts on current market conditions and, and where you're looking for opportunities. If anyone in our audience would like to know more about what you're doing at Marcus today or perhaps um, su- subscribe and sign up to your services, what would be the we- best way to do that? I'll just just Google Marcus today, marcustoday.com.au. Uh, get a free trial to our newsletter. You'll see what we do. Uh, we, we have a, a large focus on education as well. I think most of our members sort of feel that they uh, know what they're doing now. That's good. Listening to us for a while. Nice. Well, we look forward to uh, keeping in touch. Um, we're always chatting with you guys and, and Henry's always coming on Ausbiz to talk about what he's doing in the small cap space over at Marcus today. So plenty going on and, and uh, you know, we really sort of respect uh, respect your opinions on the market. So as always, it's a, it's a pleasure and we do thank you for uh, taking the time today, Marcus. Appreciate it. Well, thanks, Bryce. Thanks, Ren. And I look forward to uh, Marcus May. <laughs> Marcus mates. Yeah, let's take let's take that offline. <laughs> Marcus mates, crypto mates. <laughs> Love it. All right, we'll, Thanks, we'll Marcus. chat later. Equity Mates Investing Podcast is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Equity Mates Investing Podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equity Mates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media and the hosts of Equity Mates Investing Podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.